Oh, hello, everybody. Uh, Reanimated here. This is Stuart. I'm in California again, and back to the east has gone H.A. Conrad. Good morning, H.A. Good morning. I'm really sad that we're not podcasting in your little podcast uh, hideaway. That Indeed. was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we we had it. We had fun, didn't we? Um, it was a good podcast, and you know, it was what better to to talk about in a in person 400th episode, but uh, the ones who live episode one, and so we're back for episode two uh, this week. And there is not a whole ton of news. I was looking for updates on some projects that we're excited about, and couldn't really find much out there. Uh, the only news I was able to kind of scrape together was that AMC is is happy about the uh, millions of viewers that are getting that it's getting through uh, the ones who live. Apparently, three million during the premiere. Um, which I mean, if you think back several, I mean, like before the oh. streaming heyday, that is a pretty low number compared to what it was pulling in. Like I feel like seventeen million wasn't that weird of a number for Walking Dead at some point. Or certainly double every, digits. Everything has changed yes. with the stream. So I do think that that's an impressive number given um, where the show is, where all the numbers had kind of dropped off. Um, though I don't think it should, and I, I'm sure this is why they wanted to do this show, but Rick and Michonne are two of the strongest characters. People love them. Um, although they sometimes have, I feel like Rick sometimes had like a, a love-hate relationship with the audience uh depending on what kind of how crazy he was yeah i feel like michonne's always been beloved i may be wrong but i've always just she's she's always been that character that i i you always want to see more of and remember her first uh, season on the show season three though she was kind of self-destructive in her vengeance plot line yeah but she was still cool and i mean (laughs) you know she she took the governor's eye out so the governor's eye out like she was just she was just a very cool character and uh you know deny uh, guerrera is just insanely cool so like I, i'm not shocked that people want to watch that but i will also say that um andrew lincoln and deny guerrera have just a, a great chemistry these characters have great chemistry and they definitely have not lost that so i'm you know curious to see how the rest of the season goes but that whole um the the search for each other and the separation and all of that I think is very satisfying um, to be able to see them together again. Um, although I think it's a lot more complicated and deliberately so. So um, yeah, so so pretty excited about this. It seems like everybody is. Um, but yeah, there's not other other than this. There isn't isn't a ton of uh, news out there. Um, nope. We know that there's some projects cooking. It's just that they're not ready for updates yet. So uh, I guess we'll we'll just keep an eye on it. There was one other movie that was announced as far as dropping on Screenbox uh, called We Are Zombies, which is a, co- a horror comedy. Um, and so we'll we'll keep an eye on that and, and see if that's something we can review when we're done with this current stretch. But yeah, there, it's it does feel like a bit of a quiet time. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's deep winter. It's not a time that a lot of people are thinking about zombies. Yeah, the only thing I saw up there was like a listicle about the best fast zombie movies ranked. And, you know, I'm I'm going to spoil it for all of you. 28 Days Later is number one. Um, and there's other things in there like Train to Busan and, and all that kind of thing. I don't know why they felt they need to rank these, but it's there on Screen Rant. Um, and, you know, it's... What's kind of weird about it, though, it's like the, the, the fast zombie movies just means really all the recent zombie <laughs> Um, although they did put Dead Alive in there, and uh, you know, that's a pretty early Beth Zombie movie, so I, I didn't, you know, I never really count that one. Um, but that's one of Peter Jackson's uh, first sort of bigger projects. So anyway, um, but I'm, I'm fully comfortable talking about uh, the second episode of The Ones Who Live. What do you think? Yeah, this is uh, they don't break any bones. It's a Michonne story for the well for the first thirty seven minutes. Uh, and so we we start up with kind of an, an odd cold open. Um, mm. I'm not sure why they chose this little vignette to play out in the cold open. And then again later uh, the, with the gas man in the horde. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, it's cool. Uh, and then, I, of course, I was feverishly Googling, like, what is the what is the, you know, the relevance of the gas man? And uh, 
what does it say on his thing? It's like, let me help you, gas man. Um, but there's there's nothing to that as far as I can find, unless it's like deep, deep lore. Yeah, uh, only, I didn't get the it. only thing um, I couldn't figure out is why, you know, and again, we can talk about this a little later as we get to that scene, but he was just sort of, um, it felt like it was a lot more significant. So I did the same thing. So great minds think alike. And I just couldn't find anything that was like super, you know, enlightening. Um, so anyway, but we'll talk more about him, I guess, in a bit, except yep. it's a very, it's a very like um, graphic novel kind of cold open, just even the way they're, they're showing him with the, with the t-shirt and everything like that. Um, so that was, um, I I thought that was really weird, <laughs> but anyway, but you're right. It, it is very great. Like I had not put that together that it is basically like a graphic novel introduction, but then you kind of get to see that scene play out again. In a, right. In a, so then it uh, feels like it has more significance, I guess. Well, then it certainly does because what you, you see what happens when the gas man explodes, right. but uh, yeah, curious. So, but that's the cold open is basically the gas man getting hit by a rocket. Uh, one of Mich what we think are Michonne's uh, screaming rockets. And I guess she does shoot that one. Uh, after the credits, we have a close up of Mich or it kind of resolves into a close up of Michonne's face explaining how she came to be there. Uh, and she's talking to the leader of this caravan community, which we've been waiting years to find out more about. And then I guess it's kind of like one of those don't meet your heroes yeah. Uh, scenarios where they're they're kind of lame. They're just they're just kind of a lame community of people who never stop moving. Uh, I mean, in the in that granted, like bad sort of sort of middling CGI uh, establishing shot of their community. There's thousands of them, right? Like moving in this very uh, military column sort of thing. Yeah. In the close-ups, it's more like, uh, yeah, there's like five or six cars, a bunch of people on horses, a bunch of people walking just down a street, not right. not like 30 abreast. And not super fast and just kind of doing this caravan thing. And they have, you know, we, we learned very quickly that they have these specific rules, which is like, you know, you for the greater group of people to survive, you have to leave people behind. You can't sort of go off on rescue missions for single people like it's the collective that's important and this particular rule is grading to somebody like michonne who always goes after the, the extra person and in fact did in this case and it turns out to be the sister and boyfriend of the i think leader of this group or one the of the leaders of this certainly group. the sister of the leader and that woman's boyfriend not the leader's okay. boyfriend but yeah. yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, I'm just quibbling. Uh, it, that's that's exactly what it is. Uh, but it doesn't really get her anywhere with this woman who is nice and tries to get tries to recruit Michonne. Yeah. But Michonne is just like, I don't I don't not stop for people. That's crazy. What are you talking about? So that doesn't right. plan. That doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of the the one ring. Did you ever remember the, the plot line in that where there's that whole uh, population of like, you ever seen that show? No. Was it the Rings of Power? Whatever the Lord of the Rings show. Oh, I on. started to watch it. I did not get into it. Um, okay. Uh, anyway. Well, there's a whole there's a whole uh, culture of of like pre hobbits who also have this same philosophy of if you can't keep up, you get left behind, and that's that. Oh yeah, I did see enough of it. Yeah, there. And honestly, weirdly, it's also a caravan in a similar fashion. <laughs> so interesting. I wonder if they're yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I mean, That's I think they established that they don't stop even when Michonne met those two. Dave, you're uh, still and, going. Yeah. And they kept the same actors, too, from like years ago, which is just I know. Like, OK, uh, yeah, you got to be in the show for five seconds in, you know, 2019 or whatever year that was. And now, uh, again, you get like several scenes. Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but they, I mean, this scene does do one very important thing, and it's to introduce the character of Nat. Um, right. And Nat is played by Matthew Jeffers, and he is just um, super, um, well, he's very, he's he's very feisty, he's very angry, and um, really this just shows that there is a lot of, um, quest there's a lot of questioning about this particular rule, Um because he was very upset. He 
I don't really love how they play this scene because it's obvious that there's more than just um, Michonne in the room. Um, And, (laughs) you know, he's all upset that the sister and her boyfriend, um, I think it's Aiden and her boyfriend are are gone and that it's the leader's sister and he gets like all riled up. And then suddenly he like turns around. He's like, oh my gosh, you're alive and you saved them. And it felt a little contrived. I don't know how you felt about that, but it was- It's it's a little bit. You're willing to overlook it for- yeah, but the introduction of who you can tell is going to be an entertaining character, right? And he's good. He's really, really good. Um, I don't know if you've uh, seen him in some other things. Um, no. New to I me. have not. Um, though I do know he was in this uh, the show New Amsterdam for for a while. I think as a main character. I'm not sure. Um, but I was really. I thought he was like he really bursts onto the scene here in in like full star fashion. So. Um, and I, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk more later, but I was like, oh no, I like him a little too much. (laughs) So I was like, he's probably done for, (laughs) I mean, this is part of the, this is part of the comeuppance of everybody not listening to the leader of the convoy people's rules because they're all dead. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, most of them die. Most of them die. Well, spoiler alert for this episode, we're talking about it. So most of them are dead. I don't know how much time has passed before they all are, are uh, like gassed into death, but it feels like a couple days. Uh, I don't know. They they have traveled through almost to their destination by the time that happens. So maybe it's been weeks. Uh, Nat at least is able to hold out for another year, but right. um, they basically all come to bail out Michonne, having been shown the way by her that leaving people behind is not not the right thing to do. This was also a little bit contrived that they give her so much credit for right. doing what I'm sure must happen has or has happened at other times to their community that someone, an outsider, has been like, I'll help you. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that also given it's The Walking Dead outsiders have preyed on them and taken advantage of them and killed them and attacked them. But in this case, yeah, Michonne saves two people and they're like, Oh my God, there's another way of doing things. Thank you for showing us the light. And I'm like, uh, I mean, okay. Yeah. It, it, that, but I think a lot of this was more about Michonne's journey and the fact that even in like, it took her a while to get into, she has always, she's always been that independent, person that goes off and does her thing i mean even when we're first introduced to her her you know she she's like okay i'm in a zombie apocalypse my 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 uh loved ones are dead so i'm gonna make them into these walkers that follow me and they're gonna protect me and then this is what i'm gonna do and she was all like solo right and it always takes her a bit to sort of be part of that community and even now like she left her community to go and find rick so she's got these independent qualities which in part make her an amazing leader but she also really has a hard time asking for for help and in this case she didn't fully like ask for it oh she kind of did but she really just wanted a horse to to get going she wasn't necessarily looking for a ragtag group of <laughs> she uh, definitely was not looking for orders um and in this case it's like She's going into a territory. She does not know what she's going to find. She knows something is weird about the fact that Rick has been, you know, that he's out there and that he can't get to her. So she knows that there's some strange elements happening. And so to have this sort of big group of people, I mean, I think it's one thing to have um, Aiden and her boyfriend and Nat um, following versus a bigger group like happens like basically she gets almost like her own little mini caravan behind her. They have like eight cars, dozens of people by the right. So this is this is seems like a weird thing to be doing when you're going on this particularly dangerous mission. But and she does she does try to tell Aiden to go back. Like she does try to convince her. But um, but I will say the scene where all of this happens is a pretty cool scene. And this is when we come back to the gas man. But this introduces um, some of Nat's better qualities and his genius, honestly, in sort of how he has developed um, tools to be able to live in this world and to not necessarily like control the walkers, but um, 
to at least make their life more livable so it's less dangerous. So um, I thought that that and that really big we that big like scene in the field with the great migration of the walkers. And we find that there's this whole migration thing happening. So that's another piece of this. Um, And we've seen this scene before or parts of it. This was the big this was like the big thing they've kind of like teased. Um, with me shown in her armor, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Charging uh, an army, a literal like <laughs> horizon to horizon uh, field of of zombies. Yeah, like insurmountable, like just a massive herd. Um, and y- you know, part of it when I was watching this, I'm like, why are you going closer? Um, because there's no way you're going to get through this herd. Like you've seen things like this before. She definitely has. She knows that the only way, really, to survive something like this is to go around it or to try to figure and she kind of does try to figure out that way and it kind of goes wrong so she uses one of nat's little weapons which is to basically start an explosion turn the herd and i think her plan was probably to go around them once they the the bulk of them got like away but um the gas man got in her way and again this is the part and maybe i'm missing Stuart. if i'm missing something tell me but I didn't understand why the gas man was still going toward her and not toward the explosion. That's a great, great point. He's the only one who isn't going toward the explosion. He's he's going toward her and he's on fire and he's covered in gasoline, which is why he explodes, which is, yeah, I guess. But he explodes with enough force to propel his head hard enough, like 50 feet or however far away they are from each other to, uh, to knock her out off of her horse. And things look bad. And he's also created an explosion that then turns the herd again towards her. Yeah. Um, But I guess part of me was like, is this one of the, um, I mean, it looks like he was rigged up in this way by someone or like he is maybe a little different. I mean, is this one of the, is this one of the French type zombies that is just. This is a question people are asking on the internet, not about him specifically, but about the ones that were on fire from last episode yeah. Are these are these a special variety? I don't think that they are. I don't think we've seen any more climbers or uh, on flambés or whatever they were calling them in the Daryl Dixon show. Um, but even in the Daryl Dixon show, they weren't like were they? They weren't like fully on fire. They were just no. Like, they had they had black veins that would like yeah. turn into acid basically. Right. So and they were burning like chemical burns, not like, yeah. like fire burns. So this. Right. This feels weird to me, but again, he looked really cool and I I was just wondering what significance it was. So at least I feel a little bit better that I'm not the only one thinking that. So um yeah, but so then she she's bailed out by uh two large pink slash purple explosions, uh one on either side of this valley, and then it like parts the zombies like the Red Sea. Kind of a cool visual. Um, but then and then a bunch of people are, you know, behind her, waving at her and offering her beers. And then they just kind of chill out. And that's when she tells Aiden that she should go back because she also finds out that Aiden is pregnant. Yeah, you're just like, ah, oh, geez. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find Rick. I'm I'm on a mission, uh, like a special ops mission here, and I, a pregnant Aiden, is not who should be with uh, Michonne. But that she wants, she really wants to see this reunion, Aiden is uh, a bit of an optimist starry-eyed doesn't yeah. doesn't plan doesn't play out uh, well for any of them but honestly they they have like their way of of surviving in the in the apocalypse it seems like it's worked for them they don't feel like a bunch of no nothings i don't think any of them could have seen what was coming well i don't think so either although again i think michonne has somewhat of a better idea that this is going to be pretty rough and she does i mean look there are some really nice moments here. She gets rescued and there's this whole thing where like, yay, I have a little posse around me. And um, she's wearing like like the, the sort of fireside scene that they have where she's drinking a beer and, and Nat knows what she wants and really being cared for by this group of people that she honestly didn't really ask for. <laughs> and, but she really appreciates that. She's like this like cozy blanket on. And then you can see that she's really pausing and really trying to like, you know, get Aiden to to stop this this sort of nonsense and and wants her to go back to the other thing. But she also sees that she's not going to convince her. There's another little piece of this, though, and that's um, they're talking about and, and this comes up a few times. And you and I have talked a little bit about this, like it's an issue because you have to wonder 
where her not her motivation but what makes her continue to drive forward which is like she absolutely wants to bring rick back and i think also wants to satisfy if he if he is indeed dead needs to know that really for sure and this doubt and the fact that she has this revelation that he might be out there this is something she needs to like she's never going to stop that's part of her that's part of who she is but there's the other part where you, we have talked about the fact that Judas and AJ are still out there, RJ are still out there. And um, they are really alive and you know that they're alive and they're in a community and she is out there and, and looking for Rick in this way. Just remember, and, AJ, that she left Judith halfway through the Whisperer War. Right. Like, it's not like she left her in a safe spot, right? Like That's this two would, and a half wars ago from her right? people's perspective. There is no reason. I mean, and she we don't get to see her actually speak with Judith. We see her trying to reach her on the radio a lot. Right. And and so one of the through lines of this is, well, toward the end, there's a lot of like, oh, is everybody okay?" And she's like, yeah, everybody's fine. I'm like, "Nah, you don't know that. Right. You don't. don't. And um, and so, again, there's this idea that she would have left her kids. And again, I, you know. Remember, Rick and Michonne have been through an awful lot. There's some of the OGs sort of like, you know, they they have this bond. Obviously, they were married. Um, and she, I think, wants to bring him back. She wants to bring him back for Judith and RJ. And I get that, too. However, it is a weird thing where, you know, you have multiple people, Aiden, Nat, all saying, like, look, you know that they're alive. You don't know that Rick is and there's a good chance that you don't come back from this alive. And Nat's actually a little bit more unequivocal about it. He's like, I know how this is going to end. Well, th- this and- is all coming up later after the, the tragedy. True. Until, but- until the tragedy, people are like, oh, I can't wait to see you get together with Rick again. He's going to be waiting for you at Bridger's Crossing or whatever it's called. But it's not. It doesn't happen that way. And it's so it's so interesting how when the bad thing happens, uh. Aiden's last words that we don't actually get to see what they might have been, but her last words to Michonne are, I was wrong. Don't go to see Rick. Just go home. It's not worth it. Those are like the, th- the thoughts that, she's having. That, go to your kids. That's what she says. And yeah. and this is the other, you know, so we have these like themes. And I do think that part of this is to um, show the different jo- journeys of Rick and Michonne, how Rick, you know, is really kind of trying to hang on. And ultimately, he makes the decision to stop escaping for the same reason that Michonne keeps trying, which is, you know, I think Michonne thinks she wants to get Rick to keep their family safe, ultimately, or like that idea of reuniting the family. Um, Rick stops because he wants to keep them safe because he's basically been threatened by um, um, the I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name. Um saying the, that the dead guy yeah i mean yeah, who cares like basically uh, saying they know before maybe Okafor, um they know about or i know about these people and yeah. and we know about you and um basically that is the one thing that will get rick to stop is the threat of his family being destroyed at least in this way he feels that somehow he can keep them safe and then michonne is just not gonna stop and but she does point, she does stop in this episode she, they're going back to alexandria at the by the end of the episode like that there because she's calling on the radio and he's like oh don't worry we're going to be in range in another day or two they have gone back to virginia true but so they both have given up so they both neither of them can hold that against each other in a way like that's honestly a nice bit of symmetry true i mean she saw yeah that is a it's a bit of symmetry but when when push comes to shove Um, And we see this like as she gets reunited with Rick and she really is. I mean, this is like the honestly, I think it's kind of the cool thing about this episode is that like she gets reunited with Rick, but he's all in CRM gear. This is the group that has basically killed her friends. And she saw like just honest devastation, ridiculous devastation in a world where there's not a lot of people. And I have a question about that, too. I mean, I know they were probably getting close to Philadelphia, but this is like. A group of people that CRM always talks about how they need resources, right? This is a group of people that have survived. Like, they just going to kill them outright without trying to, like, kind of harvest some of them for their cause? Because it's not like it's not like they have, you know, 
unlimited people resources. Well, they and, certainly they certainly are willing to expend resources on killing these a few dozen people with yeah. not only a jet fuel because the way they die is from an Apache helicopter dropping chlorine gas canisters on their convoy uh, in this little town. Um, so they they spend a ridiculous amount of resources to kill these people who are then going to be reanimated as zombies. And maybe the CRM doesn't care about zombies because they have their methods. They've got their consignee human wall around their their hidden yeah. city. So maybe that just doesn't doesn't matter to them. But I can't imagine that jet fuel is something that they're like, yeah, we got plenty of that. Oh, chlorine oh. gas. No problem. Right. And this is a thing that, you know, I've talked a lot about, which is that, you know, they're basically sending out all these they're using a ton of fuel. They're using a ton of resources to protect in a world where there isn't. I mean, there's some things to protect from. But if you're going out further and further afield to like, I don't know, it just feels like a, a huge waste of resources. And I really want to know a little bit more about their infrastructure and a little bit about how they make these decisions. Like, are these just sort of. And this, I think, seems like it. Are these just sort of like general perimeter checks? Like, hey, we're going to fly around here, and if we see a threat, we take care of it? Or is this, we knew that this group of people was getting close, so we're doing this targeted thing just to take it out because we're not going to even bother to see like who these people are, whatever. We're just going to take it out and li eliminate the threat to, to Philadelphia, which yeah. I'm assuming had to be sort of close because they're like in Jersey, right? So, um I don't know. It like it just feels like a mismanagement of resources that are precious and that are not unlimited. So again, this is just a thing that I have a slight nit about. Um it's it's an annoying it's an annoying uh MO for your baddies to have like kill first, ask questions later, like kill first, but then also send helicopters out to Virginia to pick up a bee. What? Right. Like this still doesn't well, make again, any sense. This is, this is the other part. It's like that's what I'm talking about. Like, cause I bet there's quite a few bees amongst this like group of people. They seem like worker bees. Um, they don't seem like super into, I mean, yeah, they broke away from the main caravan, but it's not like they're all like, they want to be led. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. so anyway, that, that stuff is just really like troubles me. But, um, but then, you know, I guess we, we, we should talk a little bit. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about Nat, though, as a as a character before we get into sort of the, the Ricky Michonne stuff, which, um, again, I'm really sad, but not shocked that they they did this because this is exactly the kind of thing that these kinds of shows do um, and Walking Dead does specifically. But um, I thought he really did an incredible job at like they did an incredible job at developing this character. They have some some really great scenes between him and Michonne and talking about his past and who he is and um, the fact that he exists and he exists in this world and he is honestly triumphant in the sort of gadgets and as he calls them toys that he creates. Yeah. And this is all part and parcel of who he was before in a way that sometimes you don't, you don't see that with other characters. Like he is a survivor and, um, it isn't just that he is surviving, but he is trying to like actually live in a con somewhat constructive way. You know, like he's creating these things so that they can be at least safe with the walker. So he has all these what they call scream sticks and um, his I don't even know what would you call his little weapons? I mean, they're kind of little missiles, right? Those are the scream sticks. Those are the scream sticks. And so yeah. they create these Th distractions. They're those like rocket yeah, the, at first it's like in a in a rifle style that that Michonne is using, but then later he has this really cool backpack mounted version of it that is unerringly accurate. He he gets he fires three at a moving helicopter and hits three times. Yep. Like that's, that's so difficult to shoot down a helicopter with an RPG, but he's able to do it no problem. So he's yeah, he's a hell of a shot. He's a good shot, but also he's like you know he picks his friends very carefully. Um, he really, you know, he, he reluctantly admits that he likes people and things like that. He's like this little misanthrope that I, I really enjoy. Um, and, you know, he talks a lot about his past and about, um, you know, his, his stepdad and how he, um, helped him get to, get to where he is just in terms of like inventing and being constructive versus destructive. Although I would say in this world, he does a little bit of both, um, 
And the thing I really liked about his interaction with Michonne is that he really has no bones about telling her what he thinks, uh, what he thinks. And, and these are unhappy truths that he has to share with her, well, but he is absolutely conv- like he is full of conviction, Yeah, but he's still dedicated to her. Do you know? So it's like this thing where he's like, I know how this is going to end, but I'm going to stick to you like glue kind of thing. And um, well, I th- I really- I, again, I think, I think he kind of, works to persuade her to give up this quest and so by the end like by by the time they find the bodies in bridges crossing after they've gone through their whole healing montage Mm -hmm. because you know first we have to lose everybody in the convoy including aiden and bailey uh which is a hard a hard couple scenes uh you know getting chlorine gas apparently has destroyed their lungs and so they need an entire year maybe more to heal in this furniture store. Like that's part of what we're going through in this episode. Um, And then they go to Bridger's Crossing and they find a sunken cruise ship that was apparently a super cool looking zombie uh, survival area for a while, which I wish we could have seen more of that storyline. I know, right? Um, The piles of bodies where they, they're like, none of these bodies have shoes on and all she has are like Rick's cowboy boots to, and she's just trying to like, she's like looking through the body, the burned bodies, which are unrecognizable to see if she can find Rick. And I, and then they're sitting there and Nat is basically like, look, you can still believe he's alive, but you should go home and be with your kids. And yep. I think eventually that gets through to her. Uh, yep. And so that's when they are like, I think pretty shortly after that, we have a scene of them walking through, uh, back toward Alexandria in, in some respect. Uh, and I think Rick had said that they were on the Southern coast in the previous episode when they were on a mission. Mm-hmm. something like that so i think that they were you know they they set it up where rick was not near philadelphia when this um when his helicopter got shot down and nat was able to shoot it down uh and it's he the first one goes into the helicopter and he's like oh damn it was a dud but we know that's just in okafor's rib cage <laughs> like it's yep. and eventually it does explode uh but and yeah it's they somewhat sh- ironic just the that whole thing but well, anyway. all, these, all these cool characters that are getting introduced and are also just yeah, t- taking yeah. each other out. Like, oh, another one. Yeah, there you go. Um, yep. And but, you know, it really I did like how all the build up here and you get to the point where she and Rick get reunited. And there is that energy. And there's also that like like a question mark um, because big question he, mark for me. Big, big question mark. And um. He's in the CRM outfit and, you know, there is a heartbreaking and horrible moment with Nat where he's just like, he realizes that they're reunited. There's a little bit of a WTF, how did this happen kind of a thing. Yeah. And he gets taken out and um, horribly. But, you know, this is and and it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, And one of the things, though, he says before he dies is like he asked Michonne if she's sure that Rick is the same or who he is because he's obviously in the crm stuff and so i think she's trying to figure that out too right um but you know that that sort of closes the story on with him but he was a fantastic character fantastic actor i would love to see him in so much more (laughs) he was great (laughs) um but um but then we have the rick and michonne interactions here and immediately like and this is you know this is their thing they get into like crises together they figure a way out and i do think that she does she seems like okay this this is still him because he's immediately like hey i gotta give you the cliff notes version here because we're gonna survive this but we gotta basically play act along the way and these are the rules and so he gives her a very short list of things she's got to do to fool the crm into the fact that she's on a and, uh, which is all like super beige flags or red flags should be for Michonne anyway, because yeah. they're their first interactions when they've recognized each other. They've gotten past the shock before mm-hmm. Nat dies. Basically, his first question is, is Judith OK? Doesn't mention RJ still hasn't met. Nobody has yeah. mentioned their Nobody's mutual been- child, the child That's that they weird, had right? together, the child of both of their loins has yeah. not been mentioned in any of this stuff. But he's no. like, is Judith Judith cool? The you know my my daughter with my previous wife, or, or maybe not my daughter actually, Shane's daughter with my previous wife, not related right. to either of us. Is she good? 
And she's like, yeah, I'm sure she is. And then the biggest red flag of all the red flags before we get to the, you've got to have your hands up. I have to be pointing a gun at you is um, I'm not, I'm not with them. And he doesn't look believable when he says that he's looking down at the ground. Like he, he's exhibiting like beaten Rick uh, body language. And so I think Michonne knows him well enough. She's seen him go into crazy times before. I just want to point out about RJ though. Does Rick even know that RJ's, like exists wait was rj not born i don't think he was uh so maybe rick doesn't know about rj <laughs> right rj was introduced in season nine but i don't think rick knows about rj no he, he has knew- to i don't know i don't know if he knew that uh she was pregnant Maybe he knew she was pregnant, but then you would think he would ask about that, right? If I mean that—that that is the only uh, reasonable explanation for why nobody's talking Ever, about don't him. You, don't you think that Michelle might like be like, "Hey, but we also have a son." But again, maybe that's the stuff she's saving for after, right? Yeah, like she's got to be like, "By the way, you have another child." I find that hard to believe, though, on some level. But it—it it, it does kind of make sense that RJ is basically a six-year-old when the time jump happens and Judith is now a little ass kicker with a sword. I don't Uh, think he knows. I don't think he knows about him. And Michonne was heavily pregnant. Wasn't she pregnant in that, in that um, interstitial episode with the crazy lady and the, and the killer kids? I don't know. I think she was. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So I don't think he knows about him because Rick's never met RJ. Doesn't know about him. At all. Holy, this is this is head explode time for me. I mean, this is so many years ago. Yep. Wild. So anyway, so I think there's that and that's going to be and and by the way, he doesn't know about him even into this episode. Like she just keeps saying, I'll tell you after. Right. It's like, but she only says something about Judith. What the thing? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. She's like but, us. Is Yeah. It's, I don't know why. Yeah. She's she's playing her cards close to her vest. And I think she needs to. She can't totally trust Rick, although they're happy to see each other. Good. I don't think I don't think she can trust him. And I think she's smart enough of, of a character to know that he's not 100 percent himself, even though right. she says he is. Well, and the one thing that I will say, just as they were sort of getting ready to be, you know, picked up by the CRM. He asks her, hey, do you have any of this stuff related to Alexandria? I need it. And I think he's probably going to destroy it, just like he destroyed everything else, because this was how he basically was keeping them safe. Um, but I don't. But we don't know that because we don't see what he does with them, right? Um, so there's that part, too. Um, all right. So thanks thanks for solving the mystery with me, because that was like a big thing. I'm like, what? what's up with RJ? Is he chocolate? Yeah. And this, oh. this, this, I probably should have known this too, that Rick never met him because yeah, like it's pretty clear. Rick, RJ is five, mm-hmm. um, six years after Rick disappears. So he's never yeah. met him. All right. Yeah. Move so, on. Anyway, but they, but okay. So they have their quick little and their, their interaction before CRM picks them up is very much back to their baseline, right? This is back to their factory settings with each other. they, um, this is what they do. They solve problems together. They are very much in it together. There's definitely still a little question mark there for Michonne, no doubt. But Rick uh, tells her how to how to yeah. deal with this. And she does. And it, there was a really great moment when the, the helicopter is coming down and she's smiling because she's very yeah. happy. She's happy. I, I will also just want to I just also want to point out how unrealistic it is that their quick reaction three helicopters or however many they've dispatched have gotten there with within yeah. like five minutes of their helicopter getting shot down. That would, yeah. that would necessitate all these helicopters just circling them basically it, the whole time. Like, so there should have been hours and there's plenty of time for them to get away. But you know, with but the magic of editing, Stuart, <laughs> the magic of television, uh, they are unable to get away. And even then Rick would have had to like disguise a body, and it, there wasn't an extra body for him to disguise because it was like Nats would never have been mistaken for his own body. No. So, no. And then there's also the sort of backstory where he basically takes um, Michonne's katana and says that it had to belong to Nat and that they have to come up with this backstory because he knows that thing. this plan is going to fail, though. Right. Because the I don't know. I mean, by the Nat end, by the end of this episode, Jadis reappears 
Jadis, who lived among them, knows who Michonne is. Like, none of this plan is going to work as long as Jadis is part of the CRM and has access to uh, in interviews with consignees, I guess, because that's kind of how she, how we're introduced to her again. You knew exactly who that was, right? When you were watching her. Oh, watch yeah. The video. Oh, yeah. When the minute they showed the hand, I'm like, oh, Jadis is going to come back in here um, and mess up their stuff. But but here's the OK. I know I know we've talked about this so many times and it's still this huge mystery to me. I don't I still don't understand. Like, I guess Jadis bought her way into the CRM with Rick, this one guy who's like a B, not even a leader, not an A. Like they don't want A's like this is also so confusing. There is no such thing as a valuable person. Right. But but that's my point. It's like there's a whole community of people that could probably fit that bill. But she gives them Rick. Why? I guess we'll find that out eventually. But yet she is totally into whatever the CRM thing is. She really loves her bit of power. Um, and then now, and it's that she's really focused on like Rick not escaping. Why does she even freaking care? Like, it's well, I a- liked what they did in this interaction because she also hints at like they have had an agreement. This was not even hinted at in the last oh, episode. No. Uh, so we don't really know how many other interactions they've been having since Rick and she have been living in the um, in Philadelphia together, not living together, but living in the same city. She's obviously like a Gestapo CRM person because she talks about investigations while he is. I don't know what he is. Special forces. Not sure. Uh, But there's there's more to their relationship. They have some sort of ongoing agreement. Uh, She's agreeing to keep Michonne's identity under wraps uh, as long as Rick doesn't try to escape is kind mm-hmm. of the the basis of this agreement that she uh, like threatens him with <laughs> um, at the end of the episode. It's quite fascinating. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh continues to uh, be quite good as a villain. And I'm glad that mm-hmm. I'm glad that this is what they've translated her character into because and she even makes a reference to how weird she was as a trash person. Yeah, she does. She's like, I used to say a lot of weird stuff to you, Rick. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, yeah, let's not go back to those times. Those were the bad times. Right. Um, <laughs> and then there's also, I mean, there's also the, the you know, Michonne makes it through her little interrogation. Um, and, you know, we have this this reunion in this bunker or whatever it is, like this warehouse with Rick and Michonne. And that's how they sort of like are catching up on the stuff. And we have the moments where Rick is saying, you know, I this I lost my hand the, one of the last times I escaped. And she's like, one of the last times? And so there is this moment yeah. where she's like, you know, why did you stop escaping? I am incredibly annoyed that he didn't tell her why. Um, that he didn't tell her he was trapped, as he knows. Um, so that was that. This is one of the Walking Dead things that I always find annoying. Like give yeah. give the other character the the background because in that case, it's not like she would have been, um, um, it, like he knows who she is. It's not like she wouldn't have understood that that was the reason. However, maybe he thought she would just go like crazy, which maybe she would because even in a, in the next moment, she's asking if they can. Um, take down the CRM if they should fight it and he's like well we can but we both die doing it and yeah. um, there's also a bit of back and forth because she's like did you have you taken part in these slaughters like in these like killings and he goes other people come back and and they do I don't we have not really have we seen I mean we've seen Rick participate in in killing walkers um, we've seen him I don't know that we've seen him against real people have we so we don't know that that's untrue that he's saying he's not but I think he is couching a little bit more. He's being a little bit more obtuse about what he actually knows because he knows it's going to upset her. Right. I don't know. I don't think he is as unaware as he's presenting. Oh, you think so? Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think we can really trust Rick because uh, an unknown amount of time has passed at least a year of him being a, a, a willing participant of the CRM. Right. Um, and we so, do see, I mean, look, we've seen him go and kind of get, uh, we saw him like go on fuel runs. Like we've seen him get resources. We haven't seen him with people other than yeah. that one woman we saw in the, whatever, the fuel yard. The one she's coming her. back. She's coming back in the next episode. If you saw the, the look ahead, she's mm-hmm. going after Michonne. 
to be like, you seem like an A to me and, yep. you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, how do you hide? How does Michonne hide that she is a badass? So cool. <laughs> she can't. She's so cool. She's killing. I think she's even on the consignee wall and she's killing zombies with like a lot of gusto. And they're yep. like, you, yeah, nothing. No, this doesn't work. Uh, yep. Funny. Um, so, yeah. So we, I, I think he's being a little bit more like veiled in, in yeah. what he's sharing with her. Honestly, which... it's, it's, it's a good writing strategy for this season uh, because what we will, what they've set up is that they can, com- that he has secrets. She probably less so. And that's maybe a good, um analog for the audience we kind of know where michonne has been we know what she's been up to uh and we understand her motivations although they're still difficult for me to to justify the fact that she's left both of her children and she has no idea if they're okay or not um and still she has not connected with them this entire episode that we have seen so a year plus that she's been out looking for rick but so that also where does that put us on the timeline of the prime show? I'm not sure. Yeah. I, we'll have to do some research. Um, I'm not unlike our art. Does RJ and Rick do RJ and Rick know each other research? Um, Cause I th- don't think so. I feel like there's still some time that they have to make up uh, in the Commonwealth, but we'll see. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so more to come and we'll see what happens in this next episode. Again, though, I think the chemistry and the the like connection between Rick and Michonne is really strong and awesome. I do think that um, the whole reunion with them in the warehouse was like really well done and also showed some of the questions both of them had. And so I really am looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. Um, I'm very much enjoying this. I hope it continues to stay on the rails, so to speak. Um, and we, now we have the the complication of, of Jadis um, in the mix. And so um, I guess we'll have to see what happens, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I did also want to make mention, um, I don't know if you saw it, but before this started, there was a whole trailer about uh, Daryl and Carol. And oh. so that's another journey where one of our original characters is going after another one that is supposedly long lost, right? Interesting. So um, so these, these are the same themes and kind of different obviously because of the different types of characters carol and daryl are not romantically in- entwined but they are incredibly bonded um and so they're i'm wondering i mean look this is this is me just getting like really a li- probably a little ahead of myself but um I'm, I'm wondering if there will eventually be a crossover episode but that probably can't happen unless somehow michonne and, and rick end up in europe <laughs> so um <laughs> i can dream i can dream right <laughs> Yeah, well, well, that that is something to to ponder. Um, but until uh, more episodes of this season happen, are there a couple seasons of this show planned, or is it just the one that we know of? I think just the one so far, but I I would imagine there has to be more than one, right? Well, uh, we I will. haven't seen any news about a season two yet, but it's you know. Um, and then I I also before you know before we kind of wrap up, um, I don't the. There was a whole little thing, you know, they always do the after show and there was like interviews with Scott Gimple and a, a few with Denai Guerrera. And um, they really were talking about how the three of them plotted this out and were really excited about that and about doing doing this particular show. So I really um, I, I love the fact that they are very involved in this and maybe that's how they got them hooked in um, these two actors to give them much more creative um, license in this and with the character. So I kind of like that idea. Um, but I wondered what yeah. you were thinking about it. It was kind of interesting to hear Scott Campbell talking about it. I honestly did not watch the after show this time because uh, we, okay. you know, this show is dropping. I don't know what time, but I was yeah. uh, happened to be awake at like 530 in California on Sunday morning. And I'm like, oh, it's it's now available. I swear I checked before I went to bed last night on Saturday and it wasn't there. So I don't know what time this thing is becoming available to watch, but it's not at least we're not having to wait till Sunday night. Uh, you can watch it, I guess, as soon as you're awake on Sunday morning. But why are they dropping it? Like, maybe it's at midnight. I certainly was not awake then to check. But it seems like an odd time for them to drop an episode of this show. Uh, so either way, I did not have time before we started to podcast to watch the Scott Gimple stuff. 
That's all right. That's all right. Um, I will say that um, I just did a quick little search, and although they intended this to be really just a one-season show, they are, of course, leaving the possibility open for a season two. Of course they are. Um, so I don't know what that means uh, with the end, of, like where they're going with this storyline, but I think we should probably anticipate that it's a one-season show and see what happens, right? Yeah. So. You know, so that's that's the ambiguous thing, um, you know, and but this is the one part that I really don't love. It's like Scott Kimball was like, anything's possible. Even if Rick dies in the last episode, anything is possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's not very encouraging. Uh, so anyway, I think they know go. who the who the golden geese are now for this show. Yeah, and it's I think they do. It's not uh, Shambliss and Goldberg. It is not. Um <laughs> But in any case, I really enjoyed watching this. This was just a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to the next episode, um, in a way that I haven't been for, you know, a while with, with some of these other spinoffs that we've seen. Yeah, um, these these are, you know, they have the same consistent level of production value that Walking Dead has always had, but the story right the story writing has sometimes, you know, ebbed and flowed. These are these are so far good. I think we nitpicked a little bit this this episode just because of some of the motivations I think have been flawed and they're, but they're, they're kind of committed to them. The RJ thing that was on, that was on me. (laughs) It's more that I just want the mystery solved. And I would like some level of like, I don't know, some, some level of information or like them to expand on things like, Hey, this is what, you know, and I know that that's part of it and they have to kind of keep that tension and that mystery. So we will find some things out later. Um, But that that's more it's just sort of how they've built these characters um i do eventually want to know some of these things and see these things revealed but hopefully yeah. that will happen as the as the season yeah. i want the i want the the reveal of first of all you have a son judith is a badass oh and uncle daryl's taking care of them and if he's not then carol then carol's going to be taking care of them that's that's the <laughs> that's the one thing is like the big reveal that you have a son or that i left them in the care of daryl who, right, we, yeah. who we know is not taking care of them yes, either because he's in europe yeah. <laughs> so anyway um but all good um all right well anything else to add no i think uh let's just get to next week and so we can you know see where this show is going it's only got six episodes so uh they, they're gonna be this is the halfway point next week basically we're halfway wild. there yeah um, um, thank you for listening, everybody. Please feel free to let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, holler at us, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. We're online. You can find our other episodes at reanimated.podbean.com. So thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time on the show. Yep. Thanks for listening, and ciao. Bye.